Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. What's that look like for you? Do you ever think about that? What's it look like for you when God doesn't show up on time? I guarantee if we were to poll this faith community in this campus or on our online or maybe over in Sherwood watching right now, we would probably ask the question, what was it for you? And everybody in this room could say, it was something. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. Like, that, that, that shouldn't have happened. The timing wasn't right. God, you never showed up. I, I, I prayed to you. I talked to you. I believed in you. And it didn't happen. Or maybe it was a relational breakdown. Maybe it was a divorce. And maybe there was that moment that you really felt like God was doing something. You prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. And God didn't seem to answer. Maybe it was with a job. Maybe it was with your career. Maybe it was something with your children. Maybe it was something that nobody knows about, but you carry, have carried for all these years. And what's it look like for you? You know, I've noticed over the years how people respond to, when I say that, that question. There's lots of people, probably people like me, that they sling their fist in the air and they, they give God the your number one sign and get mad and yell and scream at him because we believed, and, and maybe even said the statements, how dare you, God? All the, all the stuff that I've done for you, everything I've done for you, and that's how you're gonna treat me. Others have been told that there was not enough faith. They didn't have enough faith to really believe that stuff could happen. Whatever the reason, we all deal with it differently. I'm here to tell you today, I've had my share. I was going to start listening them out, and I thought, I don't want to spend 25 or 30 minutes today telling you about all my woes and all the problems and all the things that haven't happened, but I can tell you this. As many as the, of those things that I seemingly prayed for that didn't get answered the way I thought they were going to get answered, God showed up and did answer them. It wasn't necessarily the way I thought it was. And it wasn't necessarily the timing that I thought it was. And it was times where he said, slow. There was times where he said, slow down. I'm not going to answer that yet. I'm waiting for the right moment. There was times, honestly, that it was a go. Like right away, he answered those prayers. There was other times where, whoa, 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 whoa. You're praying for the wrong thing. And dare I even mention or quote a Garth Brooks song. Thank God for all the unanswered prayers. But what's that look like? Because I can tell you this. If I look back at my life and I'm honest with myself, he has answered every prayer that I've prayed. Just not the way I thought he was going to answer. Everything that I've prayed for, whatever that looked like. Today's story is found in the book of John. It's John chapter 11. It's about Martha and Mary. And we are very familiar with Martha and Mary. Martha is the one that when Jesus came uh, to Bethany, Martha was busy doing all the work of the house and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha got frustrated. We're we gonna see another moment where Martha gets frustrated. But it's a little different this time because now Lazarus, her brother, was dead. Even though Jesus said that this illness wouldn't end in death. Maybe it's all about perspective. Maybe it's how we view death or what we view death to be like. Maybe that's the real key to the whole thing today, is that the things that we think are bad maybe aren't as bad as we think they are. Maybe there's a blessing in that moment, or there's a beauty in that moment. John chapter 11, verse 20, it says, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated, remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have we said something like that? 
Lord, if you had been here, if you had just been here at that moment, at that particular moment right there is when I needed you to show up and you didn't show up. Why weren't you there, God? Why weren't you there when I needed you most? What is going on? But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And there again, she was seeing with this carnal mind, she wasn't seeing what God was trying to impress on her. Yes, yes, I get it. We're all gonna rise from the dead. That's what you've been saying. You're the resurrection of life. I get all that part, but right now, my brother is dead and something all of a sudden is starting to happen in the life of Martha. Martha's heart is slowly changing. And what's happening here is Martha goes from, I don't know why you're not here to, I know that you're here and you're gonna do something. I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't know what it's gonna seem like. It may not be in my timing. It may not be my way. How many times have we said, God, do it this way? And God goes, no, 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 no. Your ways are not my ways and my ways aren't your ways. If I did it your way, it would be a disaster. Amen. You ever find yourself kind of like Martha? Like, you know he's gonna do something, but you don't know what he's gonna do. And you know at some point that relationship's gonna be mended, you just don't know when. Or that, that wayward child that's been away, you know you've been praying the prodigal prayer over him or her for years. You know one day that person's coming back, but you just don't know when, you don't know how. That's the story here. We read through the rest of the story. Jesus then says a very familiar passage of scripture. We've heard it. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've probably heard this, but it has really nothing to do with the funeral. It's John chapter 11, verse 25. He says, Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is coming into the world. You see the transition slowly happening from Martha going, if you would have been here now, do I know who you are? That I know you're gonna do something. And that verse right there, though I've heard it in, you know, funeral messages, and I've even used it in funeral messages. There's a bigger, deeper truth in here that regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what I'm going through, God is more than powerful to take on the situations in my life, and he's more than powerful to reverse the situation you have found yourself in, whatever that looks like, even to the point of death. I want you to understand something. This is a, a valuable truth that every one of us has to get. You can't experience a resurrection in your life without a death. You can't have good without bad. And as a matter of fact, sometimes the bad makes the, the good seem that much better, doesn't it? We go through tough times when all of a sudden God shows up just on time. Not a minute sooner, not a minute later, right when you need it. Have you ever said that? God showed up right on time. Why don't we take that with us and realize that God always shows up right on time? John 11, this is the dialogue that happens in verse one uh, before any of this happens. Uh, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. This is the fourth story of this. The village of Mary and her sister Martha, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. See, you get this? He's only sick right now. He's only, he's, only, he's only got a little fever right now, but something's gonna happen. So the sister sent to him, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said this, the illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God 
so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Maybe our hardships are so God's name could be lifted up in our world that we live in. Maybe that situation is so the world can see. We talk about making Jesus famous all the time. Maybe that's the way he wants to be made famous. And then he says in verse 32, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have never died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. Remember last week I said there's theologians out there that think the only reason Jesus did miracles was to prove who he was, that he was the Messiah. And I said this, the resurrection in and of itself proved every, to everybody that he was who he said he was. I love it because you see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. It was because Jesus was moved, moved with compassion because he loved people. Jesus even wept at one point over this story because he loves us and he cares about us. But you can't experience a resurrection without a death. And you know what there is in the world we live in? There's a myth of the easy life. Somehow or another, we bought into something that this life was gonna be easy. Even though James, in the fine print, says count it pure joy when troubles of many kinds come your way, but somehow or another, we didn't read the fine print when we first became believers. If you're a believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like you were just like, yay, this is so good. I'm going to heaven now. Life is going to be, I mean, it's going to be jam up. I'm not going to die. And if I die, I'm just going to end up in my sleep and everything's going to be fine. And my, my marriage is going to work all the time. And my kids are going to be perfect. They're going to be like little angels. They have little wings on. They have a little halo. And everything's going to be fine. And that's a lie, isn't it? I've said this before, and you can question my theology, you can question my faith, you can do whatever you want to do, but this is a true statement that many people in this room would probably agree with. If I had read the fine print 30 30 years ago, I'm not sure I would have done it. Though I love walking with Jesus, it has not been the easiest of rides. Over the last couple months, I have realized how hard this is. Because it doesn't make a difference what you say. If you're a public speaker or you're a pe- person in the, you know, the public you know, sector, whatever you say is wrong. However you say it, you're wrong. If you're for this, you're against that. No, I'm just saying I'm for this. If you say you're against this, you're, you're for that. If I raise my hand up and I'm this political whatever, that means everybody on this side gets mad. If I say COVID this, all of a sudden everybody gets mad. You can't win for losing. It is not an easy life. In this, in this world, in this time, you're going to have trouble. You're saying, Bobby, this is not a happy message. Sorry. Somebody should have preached this one 30 years ago to me. You can't, but here's the deal. You can't experience the power of the resurrection without death. It's the only way it works. So I don't know if you've ever planted anything. But when you plant things, you get a seed and you put the seed in the ground and you dig a hole in the ground and you put it in there and then you bury that seed in the ground. And then you hope if you do your homework and you give it a little bit, little bit of water, you hope somehow or another that seed starts to you know, kind of sprout back up, right? And you get tomatoes or you get cucumbers or whatever, you know, eggplant, whatever it is that you like. But that seed has got to go in the ground and almost die before it starts to sprout. Maybe, just maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. That's what happens in our lives. The challenges you face today and the challenge that are, are coming your way, can I just tell you that? 
the challenges that are coming our way are still no strength and don't have enough power over the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And we've got to stand on that. We are not immune to death. We can't avoid it. I'm going to make you a couple guarantees today, okay? Let me make you a guarantee. You're going to pay taxes or go to jail, okay? Right? And you're going to probably die. I mean, the Bible says, I mean, it says a man's appointed one time to die, and then just because. And unless Jesus comes back, and by the way, just saying, been reading Revelation a little bit, it may be sooner than we think. Um, I, I'm not going to stand on a platform today and, 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 and preach at you. Maybe later we'll do that. But this morning in first service, I was sitting there where I normally sit, and Caleb was sitting right next to me. And I turned around, and I did it this service too, and I'm so proud to be a part of this faith community. I saw people almost declaring, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this in church, screw COVID. I don't mean that in the Bible, because we, we be like, and we're actually, as a staff, we're making some decisions that we're gonna, we're gonna t- to kind of take a step back and go, okay, like, what are, don't, let's not get lax in this, Let's, let's make sure that we understand it. it's still real and it's still apparent. Make sure we're doing the things that we need to do to protect everybody. It's a love thy neighbor thing, to be honest with you. It's not because, uh, like it's, I, I love you so much that we do not, I, we're gonna still have church, but you're probably gonna see probably some of the staff wearing masks next week. You're, you're probably see some things around here until we, you know, and it's not because the law is telling us, it's because I love Jesus and I love you. But I, 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 so I, I'm over, over there, sit up there. And I turned around. I did during this. People just raising their hands, just like it. And you know what I thought? COVID can't stop the church. I, I wanted to get, I can't because I'm a preacher. I can't even tell you what I really said to him, to be honest with you. But it was like, you know, do y'all remember when this all went down? It was just a couple weeks before Easter. The major event in the Christian world. Easter, the resurrection, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And all you know what broke loose and everything shut down. And I thought, boy, I'm going to let you know a little secret. The enemy, I think, is trying to destroy the church. I think he's trying to, but you know what I found out during this period of COVID? He can't destroy the church. He, God is not going to let him destroy it. He can put you back a little bit, but here's the deal. Did Easter happen this year? Amen. And we had more people watch Easter service online and all the other avenues that we had than I believe would have been here because it was Master's Week. And I think everybody, you all have been out of town vacation. You wouldn't even been to Easter service. So now you were stuck at home, so everybody watched Easter. So we declared how big Jesus was when the devil was trying to beat us down. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people asked Christ to be their savior or regave their life, recommitted their life to Christ. COVID. I, I said this, the doors were locked, right? Doors were locked. Devil thought, what's the one that, I think the biggest tool we have as believers is worship. I think I kicked the devil's butt more times in worship than anything else. There's songs like, I was, I don't know if y'all even saw it, I wasn't doing it so you can see it, but I turned around and I was facing you guys, praying for you guys during that, that blessing song. That, that somehow or another we would understand the favor of the Lord. That in our coming and our going and in the morning and the, and the midday and the night that, that there's a blessing out of not Numbers chapter seven that's over us. I, I was afraid we we're going to shut the doors. We're never going to have that again. At worship. You know what I heard? 
Man, you guys were worshiping in your, on your picnic tables. You guys were worshiping in your house. I mean, I saw videos of you guys worshiping, worshiping with us. I have a guy right now, I, have, I played golf with him on Friday. He's probably watching. It, man, it was such a cool story. He goes, Bobby, listen, not against Journey, but we're just not, we're not engaging back in church. If this stuff gets a little further, we're not engaging. But I, I'm grabbing my guitar and my amp, and I'm going to play with the worship. I'm going, yes, take that, devil. You can't stop the church. The Bible says this. Jesus looked at Peter after the reinstatement and he said, upon this, this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against this. COVID can't prevail against it. Whatever's going on in the world, whatever the next thing that is in that cycle of the enemy, it's not gonna destroy the church. But you know something? We've had to go through a death a little bit, haven't we? It hasn't been that easy. Let me give you the second thing. Second thing is, in the midst of death, we can still see life. In the midst of the worst situations, right? We can still see life. We can see stories. We can see how God moved. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I'm going to you know something. Lazarus died a physical death, okay? He died, he, graveyard dead. He, he gone. Gone, okay? But he had to be gone in order for them to see life. Listen, listen to this. Jesus wanted to demonstrate that in this life, the here and now, even in the midst of death, we can experience brand new life. It, it, listen, it doesn't matter how dead something appears if God is calling it alive. Think about that for a second. When Jesus gets to Bethany, the first report is, if you would have been here sooner, my, my, my brother Lazarus, he's dead, he's gone. And, and I love this, because it says in verse 38, and, and I, I, I love, you, you have to follow me. Then Jesus deeply moved again, that's the second time I love that, he was deeply moved, came to the tomb, it was a cave, a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. The King James says, though he stinketh. Y'all ever been around in the South when you're having that fish fry and that extra piece of fish lays on the ground and you forgot to clean it up? And about a day later, there's these little bugs that are little, and, it, and you walk in, good Lord, or you ever run by the trash can after a fish fry? In the south, when it's 100 degrees, good Lord. That's after one day. She said, I can't, I can't, the body stinketh. Hear, hear me on this. Oh, man, it's so powerful. Jesus ain't afraid of stinky situations. He, he, he ain't afraid of the messes that we've made. He, he, he ain't afraid of tomb. Remember, he's the one that conquered death, hell, and the grave. He understands about tombs. He was in one, and he conquered the, de, uh, the, uh, the tomb. In our lives, though, it's even in those moments right there where we can see the most life. 
It doesn't matter how dead your situation seems to be, God can still bring that thing back to life. Nobody believes that? Am I the only one? I know marriages. I know marriages that were literally minutes away from signing off into divorce. And somehow or another, God moved in the situation. Somehow or another, in the midst of it, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, and God, just in the nick of time, just on time, it seems like, God shows up. I know people in financial situations that, 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 that were at the wits that they were, they were about to declare bankruptcy. Somehow or another, in the midst of all that, a check was given. They found a check in their Bible. Somebody sent them a check. God is still in the business. Don't call dead what's alive. Don't call, if Jesus is saying there's still, if there's still, so I, I, I didn't say this in the first service because our first service people are so spiritual. And you are too. But anybody ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? So, see, I knew you guys would get the first service. They're old and, I mean, they don't, they're like, Dumb and who? Do y'all remember the scene where he's across, when Jim Carrey's talking to, and he goes, what's my chances? Like one in a thousand? And she said, no, 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 no. More like one in a million. And there's this dejected look on his face. And then all of a sudden he goes, so you're saying I got a chance. (laughs) Hey, can I tell you something? If Jesus is involved in this, whatever that is, you still have a chance. The marriage may not look like what you want it to look like, but man, if you're willing to give it to him, you still got a chance. That relationship with your kid that you're trying to figure out what's going on right there? Why don't you just give it to Jesus and watch me because he hasn't called that thing dead yet. Hey, that addiction that you've been battling, it's not over. He hasn't said it's over yet. He's about to tell somebody to roll the tomb back and get that stinky body out because you're still alive. You're going to have to clean that stink off, right? But you're going to have to walk in, in, the, in the victory that Jesus has given you. Listen. Until Jesus says it's over. And then here's the, the, the good part of this. If Jesus says it's over, you know, say over, over, over. Like not just dead, but dead, dead. Not a bad gig either. I get to go to heaven. Right? Just because your situation seems to be dead today doesn't mean it's dead forever. This leads me to the last thing. And we've got to understand this. And if you're a believer, you've got to grasp onto this. Death, death brought us true life. If you think about just the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that brings us life. That, that brings us what God wants us to have in our lives. Verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And I want you to get this because I had to read this about 25 times to even understand this passage. Because I've always thought, okay, I get to go to heaven. It's great, right? It's more than just heaven. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. It almost sounds like we'll never die. But that's not the case. Jesus is not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, even Lazarus died again. Like he didn't stay alive for that. Like he's not walking around here a gazillion years old. He's, he died again. Whoever lives in me, whoever believes in me, will never die. Is he talking about physical death? I don't think so. Is he talking about eternal life? I think he is, but I think it's eternal life and then some. He's not talking just about the physical death, but he's talking about the life and the connection to the eternal life. 
So one chapter before this, right? Chapter 11 is where we're looking at John. John chapter 10, he makes this bold statement. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have life to the fullest or abundantly. I think that's why he's saying what he's saying. Here's the deal. A lot of us think, and this is the mentality that so many of us have. One day, one day I'll have a great life. Not one day, today. You can claim that. Not one day, today. Today, I'm gonna have abundant life. Not someday, but this day, I'm gonna have abundant life. Listen, we're gonna have struggles. We're gonna have problems. There's gonna be mourning. There's gonna be pain. The Bible says this, he has turned our mourning into dancing. And I know we will never mourn over a death of a mother. I know we'll never, I mean, we'll never dance over death. We'll never dance over a death of a child. We'll never dance. But don't let that not let us dance somewhere down the road. Man, we get bogged down right here. John 10, 10, I want you to have life. I want you to have life. Not one day, two day. This very moment, in this life, I want you to have a great one. Not just heaven, but here. John eleven twenty six. This is where it all started to change for Martha. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe there's a place called heaven that ultimate resurrection? Do you believe that God can resurrect what's going on in your life right now? That he can take that relationship, he can take that marriage, he can take that business, he can take that financial problem, whatever it is, that he can take it and change it. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. John eleven forty says this, it's the end of the story. Jesus said to him, do I, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. This is the moment of truth, y'all. What's gonna happen here? And Jesus lifted his eyes up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus. Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. Dead things can't stay in there. Lazarus, come out. You know what had to happen in Martha's life? She had to have a paradigm shift of her thoughts. She had to move from understanding that God was going to do something, that God was about to do something. It made me think of a story. Um, Many of you probably know who Vincent Van Gogh is. Great paintings, did all kinds of great things. But there's a painting, um, and, and Vincent Van Gogh started out as a believer when he was a young kid, and then slowly faded away and became very dark and depressed. And a lot of his paintings, if you've ever seen any of his paintings, really reflected some of those, those dark and depressing moments. One was called Starry Night, and it looks like this. They're going to show it on the screen. And I want you to understand this. Vincent Van Gogh's favorite color was yellow. But you see, there's a lot of lack of color in here, a lot of lack of yellow. That was his favorite color. And the only things that were yellow were the, the, the parts, the stars and the moon. If you've looked at another, any other pictures of that, you see this huge moon and you see this, this, this huge light off in the distance. But if you notice, at the bottom of the page, there's a church right there. And that church isn't lit up. There's no yellow in it at all. 
And whether subconsciously or consciously, he was saying something along the lines of that he was going to trust in everything else other than the thing that he knew that he could trust in. And I don't know if you knew this, but Vincent Van Gogh, after that, painted another picture. It's actually called The Resurrection of Lazarus. And I think they're going to show that picture right now. And this is what it looks like. And I want you to know the vibrant yellow colors in it. If you look through all the Bible, the color yellow is a signa- uh, kind of uh, used for purity and holiness. It's used as a reflection of what God's done and changed in us. And all this yellow, and if you look at the picture of the face of Lazarus there, he actually made it personal, and he put his face on the picture of Lazarus, almost signifying that there was a resurrected being in Vincent van Gogh. What is it for you? What seemingly is in the grave? It's right there on the forefront of your mind. And I'm going to speak three things to it. Jesus is still in the business of going to tombs. Whatever that situation looks like, Jesus is still in the business of going and resurrecting lives. Whatever that looks like for you, he's not afraid of the stinky stuff. He's not afraid. It's still stink. I don't care. And anytime Jesus gets involved, whether it's on your timing or you think it's your timing or it's not your timing, it's going to be better. It's going to be pure. It's going to be holy. It's going to be what he wanted when he resurrects that situation. And whatever that thing is, don't don't you dare call it dead. Don't you dare call it dead. He's about to speak life into it. He's about to tell Lazarus to come out of that thing. I'm going to share a real quick story and then we're going to close the service out. About a year and a half ago or so, we were in midst of the Sherwood campus. And the Sherwood campus, they're watching us right now. And some of them were actually a part of this story. We sent David Bryan down there to preach and they were supposed to take the vote that day. They needed 60%, but somehow or another got confused that they needed over 75% the vote to give us the building down there. And I remember when they took the vote, I remember something happened and the vote came back negative, like they were not gonna let us do it. And I got the phone call from the pastor of that church and I got a phone call from one of the deacons saying, sorry, it's not gonna work. And it was in that moment right there that God told me, don't give up on this. As sure as I'm standing here right now, God said, that's not dead yet. I remember coming back and talking to the staff and I actually had a couple staff people, not many, but a couple staff people go, we just need to stop. We need to, we, we need to push away from this. This is God shutting the door. And I said, don't you say it's dead until he says it's dead. I refuse to stop until he tells me to stop. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I was sitting there one day. It took about another two or three months. They were gonna take another vote. And I remember that morning, I got up that morning and God took me to the story in John chapter 11. And he says, I want you to tell Lazarus to come out of the grave. And I sat in that office back there preaching to the wall going, Lazarus, you got to come out of there. That, that, that's not dead. That church is not dead. You want to resurrect something in the South and you want to use Journey Community Church. And I spoke over it and spoke over it. And the Holy Spirit told me something that day. There's other areas of our lives that we need to start speaking over and telling Lazarus to come out of the grave. What's that for you? Because I'm going to stand here today a bold preacher 
and tell you this, in my personal life, my spiritual life, your personal life, your spiritual life, ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Somebody say amen to that right there. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.